to give their children the opportunity to go to school, to do all the things that they wish that they could have done. Mm -hmm. And that pressure is like crushing, you know, yeah. to have the weight of your parents' entire lives, like sacrificing their lives and their happiness all for you to have this opportunity. It can be, you know, soul crushing. When I was growing up, I was always told that I was too much to handle. I was too loud, too opinionated, too demanding, just plain too much. Now, as an adult, I celebrate these qualities within myself and within the women I know. This is a call to action. This is a space to own your too muchness. This is too much to handle. Cranston, the host of Too Much to Handle, where we talk about the amazing, the raw, the ugly, the painfully funny, and just plain real truth behind being a woman in your 20s and 30s. These are the conversations you're already having behind closed doors, from everything about sex and dating, career pros and woes, to body issues. And we're just airing them. They might be too much to handle, but that's what we like. And today I am going to be way too much with Krista Williams, who is the co-host of the Almost 30 podcast and the badass behind the 100 blog. Hi, Krista. Hi. So happy to be here. I am so excited Your intro to is like you. speaks to me, speaks to uh, my heart. Yeah. Thank speaks you. Speaks to Almost 30 Nation, speaks to me, and I just love your pod. I feel like every time I listen to Almost 30, I'm like, yes. Yeah, like, oh, totally. it just makes me... It makes me feel seen. Mm. God, like, honestly, there's nothing I could want more. Yeah, you guys Truly. are like, totally killing it. We just had Thank Lindsay you. on yeah. to talk about self-care. I'm so excited yes. to meet you, to have you here. Yes, um, I feel like we vibed right off the bat. I know. Lindsay had easy. such a good yeah. time with you too. And, you know, like, Lindsay's a, she's a hard, she's not a hard audience, but like, she would tell me and she had the best time with you. She's like, it was such a great conversation. I love what they're doing over there. And like- we are. I've been loving the podcast too. I just listened to the one with Nick Vale. Oh, yeah, it's very interesting. Oh, yeah, you, you held your one. ground. I was like, go girl. <laughs> Speak for us women. I, sometimes I may do that a little too much, but <laughs> honestly, <laughs> they want it or not, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Uh, well, I'm so glad you liked that episode. It was, it was, a, it was a fun one. It was definitely fun. Um, and I'm so uh, happy to have you here, especially kind of at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. People are making their resolutions. They're figuring out mm -hmm. what's right for them. Mm -hmm. And sort of at the beginning of this year, this article um, from BuzzFeed mm -hmm. went viral. And I thought, like, I read it and it spoke to me so much. And I had, like, five people send it to me. So I oh, assumed wow. that everybody had read it. And then when I started bringing it up to other friends, they had it. And I was like, people need to know yeah. about this article. Yeah. Uh, and this article is called How Millennials Became the Burnout Generation. It's by a woman named Anne Helen Peterson. And... Uh, I mean, I just want to jump into it because I just think yes, so many of us are burnt out and the way that she really talked about it and talked about something that I think a lot of us may be embarrassed to admit that mm -hmm. we are feeling burnt out, even though we're keeping chugging along, sometimes it's hard to admit that. Um, and something that she really, uh, I guess, was the, the common theme throughout the article was this thing that she called errand 
paralysis. So she said she'd put something on her weekly to-do list and it'd roll over one week to the next, haunting her for months. And I was like, damn. I know. I feel that. Right? I have this thing I have to do for my tax guy and honestly, it's been two weeks. Okay. Every day I'm like, I'm going to bake a cake because I don't want to do my fucking thing on my errand list. I know I feel the exact, but I feel like, and I don't know, you know, if it's that I do so many things that are, this is my thing is I do so many things that are easy. Mm. Like a reply to an email, Mm -hmm. a DM, a text that when I have something that takes a lot more of my time and my mental capacity, it's really hard for me, which sounds bad, but it's true. No, it doesn't sound bad at all. It sounds honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I- I find that some of like the harder stuff I'm almost better at because I think of it as like a homework assignment and I was good at school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is my assignment. I must do it by this due date. Like, bam, got Mm -hmm. it. My issue is more with those like more mundane things. Like I've had my dog for almost a year and I just got his license. Don't don't sue me like city of LA, but I just got his license last week because I had read that you need a license to have a dog. Yeah. See, I mean, who knew? Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I knew, but I pretended I didn't I for about a year. Yeah, I waited a year and it took me literally like a minute. Mm-hmm. But I waited and I waited because I was like, man, like, what is it going to Nothing's going to happen. Totally. Like, whatever. And I like, what if you got, what if you got arrested? You guys start like walking and they're like, excuse me. I didn't have a license for my, <laughs> excuse me, sir. <laughs> or your license. I know. Because I guess like, yeah, and like I. And what is that? A way for them to make money? How much should you pay? Oh. <sighs> I think it was like 30 bucks. Okay, that's not Yeah, bad. it wasn't bad. And you do it every year or something. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's annoying. I'm such but a But it's crazy. not the end I'm of like, the world. Like bullshit. It is. Yeah, but the good news is it's like, let's say Animal Services picks up your dog. You have a license on him. Okay. They can return it. So like, if anything were to happen, knock on wood, you know, it, it is a good thing to have. Just like it took me, I didn't hadn't, I hadn't backed up my computer in two years. That's not good. It's not good for anybody, but it was just like, for some reason I had a roadblock. Yeah. You know? Yes. I think so many of us have that, that block that is preventing us from doing these simple, yeah, relatively simple yeah. tasks because, you know, as, as, um, Ann Peterson says in her, in this piece, um, that it doesn't give us a lot of reward. Mm. Like we're happy to do things that are you know, give us reward, like invest in our careers or go to the gym, you know, whatever it may be. But if we can't see the reward of having a dog license or backing up our computer, you know, yes, that would give me a reward. God forbid something bad happened. But right now, not, not really. I think that's interesting too. I mean, it's like, if you think about it, like the way that we're, our brains are being rewired Mm. with social media, Mm -hmm. you know, to um, do things for a like, to do things for a share, to do things for people to read it, for Mm. people to see it. It's like the gamification of everything that we're doing um, where, you know, we see a ding, we see a light, we see something is really affecting the way that our brains are structured. So for us to be doing things you know, where you're not being rewarded. You don't really see the point of it. Also too, like a lot of it is like some stuff where it's like, we need to really think about like, you know, backing up your computer you need to do because for whatever reason, but it's like, I'm just such a person of like, I need to think about why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. Like I'm a questioner. So Mm -hmm. if there are things that I keep putting off or that I'm not really wanting to spend a lot of time on, then like, I need to rethink like what the reasoning is that. And is there someone else that's better fit to do that for me? Ooh, so I always like think delegating. About, like delegating. Yeah. Like we had no problem growing our team and delegating because I have no problem like giving someone 
And this isn't like I'm better than them, but giving someone else that could be doing something better than me, the opportunity to do some of these tasks. Yeah. And that's true with like the, um, our culture now, the way, um, that we have everything sent to us, like through Amazon, you know, mm -hmm, so having mm -hmm. everyday two day shipping with everything. I have all my groceries sent to me. I have meals sent to me. I have like, I rent my clothes from rent the runway a lot of times too. So it's like, I try and remove all of those little errand things yeah. because it's like, I can't even do them. Yeah. You know, I can't even get myself to, to do whatever it is. Those errands. Yeah. No. And I know, I mean, a lot of my friends get their, you know, groceries delivered mm -hmm. and have all those like little, you know, quote unquote, little tasks that, I, that if you let build up, they can seem really big. Right. Like if you haven't gone grocery shopping in two weeks or something like that, gro like having the, that in like screaming at you inside mm. of your head can be really stressful, right? Mm. On top of everything else you have to do, mm -hmm. you know, your blog, your mm -hmm. podcast, um, taking care of your relationship. Like mm -hmm. there's so many other priorities that those little things fall to the wayside, but they still creep up at us. And one of the reasons that Anne Helen Peterson um, says one of the reasons that we can't get these mundane things done is because we're burned out. She says, why am I burned out? Because I've internalized the idea that I should be working all the time. Why have I internalized the idea? Mm -hmm. Because everything and everyone in my life has reinforced it explicitly and implicitly since I was young. Life has always been hard, but many millennials are unequipped to deal with the particular ways in which it's become hard for us. And I know people like hate when millennials complain, but financially speaking, we're way far behind our parents when they, where they were when they were our age. We have less saved. We have far less equity. We have far less stability, especially when it comes to the job market. And we have far, far more student debt. So we do feel like we have to constantly continue to work to close those gaps, mm -hmm. to catch up, to surpass the generation before us. And so going to the grocery store is not something we can... I mean, even sometimes physically handle because we're mm -hmm. so burnt out from just working. Mm -hmm. And I feel like too, we're dealing with a lot of the, the not mess, but we're dealing with a lot of the situation that mm. we've been given from our parents, which is, you know, a lackluster economy and like a government that is based on who knows what, you know what I mean? Like everything that's going on in society is kind of challenging and was given to us. So we're really having to like work through that and mm -hmm. question that and think about how we want to engage with everything, which is yeah. also very tiring. But I, you know, it is interesting too, to think about this article. And I know she talked a lot about student debt, but it's like, we are also a society in the millennial generation that we've had a lot of our needs met. Mm -hmm. You know, although we do, we are dealing with student debt, there's, a you know, so much student debt, it's like crushing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, other things, but it's like, we just have our needs met so much that we kind of are looking for or finding ways to be burnt out because mm. it's like we have everything we need. And I feel like maybe my parents' generation, like, were maybe they were feeling burnt out and didn't know how to verbalize it or didn't know how yeah. to have the emotional capacity to communicate it. You know, with social media, we're able to understand and see how everyone's feeling mm -hmm. um, all of the time. So maybe they were feeling burnt out too. I just, we didn't know it. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it's an interesting thing to think about um, when people say that they're burnt out, like what exactly does that mean? Is it the things on their to-do list? Is it 
um, their jobs, mm-hmm. you know, like I think with the expanding consciousness that we have, people are wanting more from life. They're wanting yeah. to have, like she was saying, um, the perfect job that looks good for their parents. That makes a lot of money. That's also very cool. Um, so that's like also the engagement with social media and stuff too, that has to do with that. I think that's a really, really good point because we, we have been blessed in so many ways because of the work that prior generations have done. Obviously we've been given, you know, some things that have held us back in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. um, including the financial market. But in terms of like, we don't, none of us have been drafted to go to war. You know, we um, have the opportunity, the amazing opportunity to focus on spirituality, to think Mm -hmm. about what we, what our passions are in life, what we want to do. My parents, like they were, crazy broke with student loans. And they were just like, okay, I'm going to go in this career and I'm going to work my way up for the rest of my life. And so many of us are like, nah, we don't want that. We want to move to here and here. And we want more and we want our hustle and our side hustle and our side, side hustle. And I think that mentality of wanting more is amazing and will give us more in life. But I think it also burns us out to some extent. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, it's like, insatiable. Yes. It is insatiable. Yeah. Because I mean, probably for you too, like, I, or I guess this is, I'll just speak to my own personal experience, but you know, for me to be living the life that I'm living right now, and it's nothing extravagant by any stretch, mm. you know, I'm living in an apartment, um, you know, in LA, but to look at myself, if I think back to when I was growing up in Ohio and I was saying, and I would say that I'm living this life that I'm living now where I own my own business and I am, you know, financially fine and I'm living in LA, I would be dead. You know, I'd be like, oh my, that's the dream. dream, But now when you're here and you're in it, which I am very grateful, like I couldn't be happier with my life today, but I still want more, you know, no matter where I am, I've always really wanted more. And I think, and that's a struggle for me that where I really you know, that duality and the conversation that I have in my head is really like my biggest struggle mm-hmm. where it's, you know, do I always want more because humans always want more? We always want to progress and that's okay. It's okay to always want to progress or do I just be grateful for what I have at the time and really focus on that gratitude? So, you know, yeah. a lot of the burnout is like, could be seen from my perspective as the struggle between being grateful for where we are and for what you have or wanting more. Yes, I, I, I hear you and I agree. And I also think that there is a component of, okay, we've worked so hard mm-hmm. to get to where we are. Like, it, like similarly, if you had told me that I could have my own podcast in an amazing studio with like views of LA and an amazing team and all like, and I can talk about whatever I want and have people listen and care. I, I mean, like what, like how could you want more in life? That said, like there's this moment and I think for for whatever career that you go in where, yes, being grateful is amazing, but I think you can also take a moment to be like, wait, I've worked this hard and I have this, yet my my finances aren't following Mm -hmm. up and I'm still living with two roommates and I'm still like every, you know, three weeks when I get my nails done, I'm like, oh, should I be spending this money on my nails? You know what I mean? Like, oh shoot, that's a lot of money Mm -hmm. to spend on now. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, I, I do think that, that we should be grateful for what we have, but I also mm-hmm. think that like wages have not kept up 
with the economy. And so yes. that does have, you know, for so many people, and we are so fortunate, but for so many people, especially people our age, like they are still struggling despite the fact that they are working, they're flipping asses off. hundred um, percent. She, she really summed it up really well. And I, I would love to read this because I just like hit me. She said, the more work we do, the more efficient we've proven ourselves to be, the worse our jobs become. Lower pay, worse benefits, less job security. Our efficiency hasn't bucked wage stagnation. Our steadfastness hasn't made us more valuable. If anything, our commitment to work, no matter how exploitative, has simply encouraged and facilitated our exploitation. We put up with companies treating us poorly because we don't see another option. We don't quit. We internalize that we're not striving hard enough and we get a second gig. And it was like, because mm. like my last job, I did not make like any money. Mm. But I was like, you know, this is this is my only option. This is what I must do to get mm. what I want in life. And da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And I just took, and I took abuse and I took so much mm. because I was like, this is how I'm going to reach my goals. And I got burnt out, you know? Mm -hmm. I can't like now talk about politics without getting really stressed because mm -hmm. I did it for four, you know, four years mm -hmm. and without any sort of reward or, or, or validation in the form of what, whether it be um, compensation mm -hmm. or, or even just like appreciation from that company, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's the case for so many young people where they're like, wait, I'm doing all this. I'm becoming more efficient. I'm doing my side hustle and this, and I'm, you know, being practicing gratitude in the morning. And yet it's not looking like how it's supposed to, like how I was told mm -hmm. it was going to. And I think that's part of it too. Like mm -hmm. we were told, if you just go to college, you can have anything you want. Like they go to college and, and you will get that job and you will rise and you could be the first woman president. <laughs> and now we're learning, oh shit, no, that's not real life. hundred. Yeah. That's like my parents. It's like when I went to college, they're like, cool, I'm done. Mm. Yeah. It's like, just get her to college and then nothing. And that is something too, like, I kind of wish people would have taken it more seriously. Like, I think people are like, oh, just go to college and get a job. But like, I think you do need to take your first job more seriously. Mm -hmm. I think people just say like, just you'll figure it out, like which you do and everyone does. But I do think that you should take your career trajectory a little bit more seriously than people say mm -hmm. outside of college. But I mean, I know exactly what you mean. And I think that there's like a, there needs to be something that happens too, especially with the cost of living, how the cost of living continues to increase. Yeah. Rent. Oof. I mean, in, we're living, you know, I've lived in big cities most of my life outside of college. So I'm kind of thinking about like New York, LA, Chicago types. Yeah. But still it's like, I'm thinking about the wages that I was earning and the wages that people earn below me. And they've risen a little bit, but not to the standard of how the cost of living has increased so much so. Yeah. You need to make, in Los Angeles, you need to make uh, $90,000 to be happy. To not be like living on the edge constantly. $90,000. That is a lot of money. It's funny because that doesn't even seem like, mm, what is, I'm such a, I literally am like, I don't know if that's even. Like, because, you know, Cause everyone's lot, standards yeah. are different. Like, yeah. <clears throat> what is, for me, I'm like, yeah, 90. But like, then I'm like, what, can you travel? You know what I mean? Like, mm. what is, and that sounds bad, but like, I don't. That I think about how much people make in LA and I'm like, yo, that is nothing compared to what people make in LA. Some people, Some yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. people that like you see 
that living you want the life there. That, yeah, yes. that life that yes. you so want. Yes. And I think that's part of it. And, and she gets into this in this article about how we use social media as yes. a barometer for where our lives are stacking up. And then we keep exhausting ourselves to achieve that, to achieve that, like working hard at the really cool job, but also having a really great like play life and going out and then having kids and the husband and doing all these like different things because that is what is portrayed on social media. Mm -hmm. And that is what keeps us like working past the point of where we should be. And she really uh, distinguishes burnout and, and exhaustion. She says it's very different. They're related, but they're different. She says exhaustion means going to the point where you can't go any further. Burnout means reaching that point and pushing yourself to keep going, whether for days or weeks or years. Because how many times have you been exhausted and you just needed like, sometimes you need like a month Mm -hmm. to just recoup and you're like, okay, well, I'll just take Saturday and Sunday. Maybe it's just Saturday. Sunday, I need to do like my meal prep and my yoga, whatever you do on Sundays, my laundry, you know, and you just keep, keep pushing. Yeah. And I think with the social media thing, you know, that you're talking about Mm -hmm. too, I think about, and as it relates to burnout, it's like there is a sense of burnout that happens because there is a constant conversation that's going in your head about social media. Mm. You know, it's, can I share this? Will I share this? Should I talk about this on my stories? Should I take a picture of this? When is the next opportunity? opportunity for that because in with what you do and with what I do and for a lot of people it's like it never it's never satisfied Mm -mm. once you get the content once you get whatever it is you need the next one you need the bigger better you need Mm -hmm. the one that gets more likes you need to get the more followers so a lot of the burnout that I think I experience in my life is like related to when I am more engaged in social media and that constant need to do and respond to dms and dm and comment on my friends and engage is like continuously going in my head in addition to what I already need to do in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to mention, like, I think Instagram is one of the biggest perpetrators of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also, I struggle and have struggled with Facebook because those are people that I like really know Instagram or, you know, sometimes I'll follow celebrities or different pages or whatever. But Facebook is people you really actually know. And then you see everybody in your life I'm at that stage where everybody in my life is getting engaged. Hundred, Literally. And then there are people having kids and you're like, boring. well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Krista. Not to be a bitch, but boring. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I actually really love, I actually am like a weird, I really love watching people's like engagement stories, reading them. Yeah. I love watching their wedding videos. It like, Makes me very emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, yeah, it's all funny too because I was thinking about this the other day. I saw a friend got like a promotion. She's like a vice president of something, which is amazing. Mm. And I was like, damn, I'm at the age where my friends are vice presidents of shit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I forever in my head am like a a coordinator. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, I said to my boyfriend the other day, like I was just, we were talking randomly about, I don't remember what. And I was like, yeah, well, when I grow up, I want blah, 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 blah. And he's like, whoa. No, man. I know. You're like, <laughs> Justin, oh, shit. my boyfriend, he's like, yeah, so what do you think in like kids, like two years? I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Like, no, no, no. That's interesting. He's got baby fever. Baby fever. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. I just am like, he's very, pr- he's, he's just such a grateful, grounded person. And I'm not, I'm very grateful, but I'm not as like grounded. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm a little bit hungrier in like mm-hmm. my career at this mm-hmm. point. So I just am like a little bit selfish in that way. I don't want kids yet. That's not selfish. You, know? you gotta, you gotta like do, you gotta live out your thing. life. I don't want to be in yeah. the, the. I don't want to be living in the living situation. My apartment is stunning, beautiful, but I don't want to be 
I want to feel comfortable in my home. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever it is, the size, it doesn't matter. But I want to be in a very in a space where I feel very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, achieve your certain things transient. before getting that. Because yes. right now, I mean, when I think about my parents, like they owned a home and were married and planning to have children when they 100%. were my age. Like what? Yes. Owning a home? I know. I know. What? Who? Like that is a pipe dream. I know the thought of owning a home is like, but that's. Especially in LA. Yes. I mean, I could watch Fixer Upper and buy me a $10,000 Waco home tomorrow and be very happy. I know. But then I would be lonely in the middle of nowhere. I know. So it's a really catch 22 It's there. like for even like a down payment, you need like 200K here. It's insane. It's insane. And so fighting for that while also mm-hmm. trying to get your dog license. Yes. Can really so true. wear you out. Mm-hmm. Being like, oh shit, I need to achieve all this by this age mm-hmm. before I'm, you know, 30 or before mm-hmm. I'm whatever age, you know, I want to start having kids and this and this. And then you're like, well, I, I can't do it all. I know. So I need to delegate. I it's need like to do other. It's overwhelm too, is that mm. we are a generation that has a zillion, zillion options. Yeah. So when people leave college now, it's, you know, probably back in my parents' day, my dad had the option to do three things, you know, mm-hmm. from in his in his mind and capacity as it relates to the social situation he was brought up in mm-hmm. and the social understanding of what he could and couldn't do. But now it's like, okay, so I could travel for a year and then work remote and do um, administrative services for a company. I could become this. I could become a social media influencer. I could take videos of myself online at my yes. home and put them online. Yes. Like online wasn't even a thing mm-hmm. when they were young. Literally. So the yeah. options are just out, out of this world. So we have so much choice mm-hmm. for what we do. Even if you think about just like what you want for dinner, mm-hmm. you know, getting on Postmates, getting on whatever, there's a hundred options with a hundred different places that you could eat from. And sometimes that can be overwhelming and provide burnout, that decision fatigue. Yes. Decision fatigue. That is such a big one. And mm-hmm. especially for women who are just like yes. that type, who have type A personality sometimes. And they're like making all the decisions during their workday and just being badass bitches. But then when they get home, they're just like, oh my God, I just need a break. I just need somebody to make a decision for me. I know. I'm trying to do that. Like I'm trying to balance that in my personal life more because, and I'm sure, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're running your own business or you're doing your own thing. It's like, I make so many decisions every day mm-hmm. and it gets really tiring and it gets, so when I'm I'm trying to balance, we're at home with Justin, I'm kind of allowing him to like step into that masculine role more mm. and make more of the decisions for us and the house and the family. Not saying that like, I don't have an opinion because yeah. of course I do, but I would really like for him to take on that responsibility, I guess, so that I can kind of relax into being more of like the feminine role within our relationship. Yeah. And I think that's hard for a lot of like go-getter women to take that step back. I know I, uh, I struggle with it in a different way is like, I love making dinner mm-hmm. and especially for my man and we'll be cooking together and I'll like st- start like delegating and micromanaging. And then I just need to like take a step back. I'm like, just let him like, he's going to cut the onions or the carrots or whatever, how he's going to cut them. And they're going to be okay. They're going to be cut fine and it's all going to be good and it's going to taste good. And it's not the end of the world. 100%. <laughs> Although I did have to stop him from putting a cardboard under a frozen pizza into the oven the other day. I was like, you are going to burn my house down. <laughs> He's like, I meant to do that. You're He's like, like okay. Yeah. Justin's done that too. He like microwaved like something in a plastic bag. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't think you meant to do this, but I'm going to act like you didn't. I'm like, 
They're such incredible like men and bosses in their own lives. And then they do something like that. I know. That is such an interesting, (laughs) you do have to like let that go though. Like my thing is like, leave it, you know, with cleaning. Like I just Mm -hmm. don't say anything. And that may be someone else's prerogative. You know, that may be like, oh, why wouldn't you say something? I just, I'm like, it's not really going to change. I don't really care that much. Like there's our love is, you know, I love him for not for cleaning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I love his personality. I don't need to love him for cleaning. So I mean, I completely relate to what you're saying too and having to like really let go of that. And I think letting that go and just like accepting Mm -hmm. it for what it is can sometimes help with the burnout. Cause as much as I loved this article, um, there were some things that I didn't totally agree with. Mm -hmm. So she says like, this is not a temporary affliction, which resonates with me. She says, it's the millennial condition. It's our base temperature. It's our background music. It's the way things are. It's our lives. And she talks about how burnout can be treated with therapy, but therapy is still stigmatized. And also we can think about it. And I do think about this where it's like, oh, that time away that I could be doing something else that I could be working instead of being like, oh, this is making me a more productive and efficient human. But I think we still have that issue. And then she kind of like goes in on self-care saying uh, self-care is still part of a like capitalistic society and it's still an industry that's trying to make money, which I get. And I know that that like those means of self, self-optimization, like self-care, like therapy or whatever, <clears throat> can also stress people out because they're like, oh shit, I should be doing my bath bomb tonight. I put down in my, in my planner when I need to do my like weekly mask or whatever, which is ridiculous that I put that as down as a to-do list. I like write down it if to shave my legs. I'm like, oh, you gotta shave those legs. No, but like, that's crazy that that's how our like minds have become like, we just need to write down those like little things that may make us feel better. I don't know. Shaving my legs does not make me feel better. Growing it out makes me feel great. But I'm like, I just want to be wild. But yeah, (laughs) that's the thing with self-care is like actually for a while living in LA, you know, we're such a self-care focused group. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that because I've done a lot of healing living here in that way. But I, I, there was a period in time where I was like running from like a cryotherapy to something appointment to a something appointment. Mm. I'm like, what's the point of this? Like, yeah. what am I doing this for if I'm stressed out that I'm late to all these appointments yeah. right now? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, what, these are more to-dos for me mm-hmm. than like, what is that something I actually need? So I definitely had to scale back on the appointments as it relates to self-care. Yeah, because I think self-care, and this is what Lindsay and I talked about, yeah. but self-care can manifest in so many different ways that aren't necessarily part of the industry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like self-care for me is like taking my dog for a walk. That doesn't cost money. That Mm -hmm. doesn't, I don't need to put that in my planner because he's going to bark at me or poop on my floor Mm -hmm. if I don't. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So that to me is a form of self-care and it can manifest in so many different ways for everybody. Um, So figuring those out. But she really says that the best way to treat it is to first acknowledge burnout for what it is, that it's not a passing ailment, but a chronic disease and to understand its roots and its parameters. She says, it doesn't feel like the abyss. It doesn't feel hopeless. It's not a problem I can solve, but it's a reality I can acknowledge, a paradigm through which I can understand my actions. So I, I feel mixed on that. Yeah. Because I do, I, about I it. think throwing your hands up and being like, well, this is my reality now I'm just going to deal with it yeah. and, you know, keep pushing on, mm-hmm. you know, just like using this as a lens to view what the reality for millennials is, what the reality for my life is. 
seems a little like defeatist to me. Um, I don't like how I said that. I'm going to repeat that. You don't need to cut that out, but I think that was like a very girly, like I went up with my intonation and I oh, want to so do that. Oh, that's so interesting. It seems that's... defeatist to me. Damn. Not that to was defeatist to me. Call. Defeatist to wow. me. Period. Wow. Motherfucker. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I am so bad. I got to love that. Okay, good. I don't, just... I didn't catch that at all. I, I didn't, didn't catch, catch that. that. I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I know what you mean. Yeah, we do. Um, you gotta, we gotta do a, I need to do a whole episode about things we do to. I say just. Like, yeah. Say kind of like mm. feeling like just a little, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the kind of, the little niceties that kind of couch it and make it a little bit softer and sweeter yeah. and easier yeah. because it's almost like too scary to say exactly what it is that I would want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, to say, yeah, 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 yeah. I completely agree. And I think we all do it. Like, I just wanted to follow up or yes. I just wanted to say thank yes. you. What do you mean you just, like, yes. I wanted to say yes. thank you. Yes. I wanted to follow up because yes. you didn't respond to my email, yes. bitch. Yep. Just checking <laughs> yeah. in. No. Yep. Um, so, uh, but I think recognizing uh, what we're kind of like talking about and knowing what we want is sort of the way we can not defeat, but at least like a leave burnout yeah. and saying what we want in life, not mm-hmm. just want, but want. Because I think when you say what you want, like some of that is delegating. Some of that is doing that for yourself, realizing what you need to get done. So once I read this article, I was like, shit, like I do have Aaron paralysis. Like, let me make a list of all of the things I need to do. Instead of having them like be this nebulous, oh shit, one day I got to do this. One day I got to do that. One day I got to do this. I made a list of everything I needed to do. And I said, okay, over the next three months, I'll finish this. So it's not like, oh, and one day I'm going to do all of this. Da, 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 da. And if I don't do that, I'm going to feel like a bad person, <laughs> you know, cause sometimes when you don't finish your to-do list or whatever you have on your planner, you're like, wow, I'm a failure. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And once I made it small and I made like my time limit, uh, my time segment to get them done, it felt a lot more manageable. And I actually started getting a lot more done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think even just like checking those things off, gives you that confidence, gives you that fulfillment, gives you that energy back. Like, have you ever, do you, yeah. ever, do you, do you write things down? Are you Everything, a, yeah. Cause like I crossing it, something out, that's oh, the I best know. feeling in the world. world. I write shit down just to cross it out. But uh, you know, also I think about that too. Like once I have 10 things on my list, I get those done. I'll have 10 more. Mm. I mm. will always have something on my to-do list. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's yeah. almost like, it's a little addictive for me to, always have something to do. Always have do you, the Do you option. thrive off of that or? Yes, I think okay. I, I, I'm addicted to doing. Mm. I really, really love what I do. I love to work. I love to get things done, whatever. So there is an addictive quality to like me having that. Cause I always have something, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, I'll make it up. Like yeah. it'll be, oh, I gotta do whatever it is, but there's always something to do. So it's almost like, I just- don't, I don't know. Like uh, the, the part that kind of gave me pause was calling it a disease, Mm. you know, which I understand like the definition of disease, disease, but it just kind of seems a little bit like if you're going to use that for, it's going to make other diseases not as credible because this doesn't seem. Yes. I think it, I think what this does or describing it in this way can be 
So it, can, it ha has two potential outcomes, right? Yeah. I think for some young people who read this, it can feel very validating. Like they have been, maybe they've been yeah. suffering and haven't felt the, the way to discuss it. Obviously being burnt out is not a real disease. Yeah. You know, it's not in the DSM, whatever, you know? Yeah. But I think the other component is like, as part of it can be, can, can reinforce some of the stereotypes about millennials where older generations can hear yes. that and be like, oh my God, you guys are tired and you're calling it disease. But I think the way that she explains it and obviously like doing it in this way is not the best way because I'm just giving excerpts. I'm not giving like the full picture, but I think recognizing it as something serious and something that we're all yeah. afflicted with, even though it's not like, it's not a disease, you know, even, but we're something that we are afflicted with because of the way in which we were brought up. Like I wasn't, I was told like, you're going to go to school. You're going to go to the best school. You know, you're going to do this and then you're going to have the best job and you know, blah, 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 blah. And I went off a little bit of the beaten path doing what I'm doing now. And I think I still feel like, well, now I need to flipping succeed at this because I, you know, went mm -hmm. off of that, um, those expectations that were, that people had of me since I was little, you know? And I think so many of us are, dealing with that, not, not because our parents did anything wrong, but because our parents wanted a better life for us. They wanted us to have every single opportunity, but sometimes that can feel really overwhelming mm -hmm. where you're like, oh my God, I need to do all of this stuff because my parents gave me, they gave me that participation trophy. They gave me an amazing life. They gave me all of the tools and they gave me an education. <clears throat> and now I feel like I'm not doing enough mm -hmm. with all of that. And I think that can be what fuels the burnout for mm -hmm. a lot of people because they're constantly trying to impress, whether it be their parents or their friends or people on social media, mm -hmm. or they're just trying to keep afloat. Yeah. I read this really good article, um, about, um, immigrant families. Mm -hmm. So when immigrants come into the United States, the pressure that they have. So when the parents come in, you know, however they come into the United States, whatever it is, they oftentimes take jobs that are, you know, like working in New York and like as a restaurant, the family in this, they worked in a restaurant and then they do this to give their children the opportunity. Mm. They give their children the opportunity to go to school, to do all the things that they wish that they could have done. Mm -hmm. And that pressure is like crushing, you know, yeah. to have the weight of your parents' entire lives, like have, you know, sacrificing their lives and their happiness all for you to have this opportunity. It can be you know, soul crushing. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about that, like when you're talking about that a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously that is a yeah. really, I mean, that's a good point. And, and it's stories like that, that make us, uh, make me realize, I'll speak on behalf of myself, mm -hmm. but make me realize how, I mean, obviously I know I'm privileged. I'm, I needed to hear, well, not, I'm I mean, saying, I wasn't saying it to you to prove that point, but I need, I was like, I gave me pause too. And I was thankful yeah, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously I'm white, you know, upper middle class, like, you know, woman in Los Angeles, like I'm doing, you know, mm -hmm. I have the cards on my side. I recognize that. Um, and that's not to diminish anything that, that people are going through because everybody has their problems, but it is nice to, to have that perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, that, that definitely like gives you a little, it gives you pause, like mm-hmm. you said, where you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I have this pressure, I have these feelings, but this is not the end of the world and I can figure out how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. And so ways that you can cope are making lists, figuring out how you can manage it, um, delegating, like you were talking about, having your groceries delivered, having your clothes delivered, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you can delegate in your life. <clears throat> to feel like it's a little bit more manageable. Mm -hmm. And then one thing I want to say, and I want to talk about this for like a brief second, because you need to get sleep. Yeah. Sleeping five hours a night is not a badge of honor. I hate people be like, oh my God, you have time for that much sleep. Oh my God. I'm working so hard. Like I don't have time for that amount of sleep. Like I work, you know, my three jobs and then I have to get three hours of sleep. Like that is not a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. That is not a great thing. You are hurting yourself. You're hurting your body. They just released a study. uh, CNN just published about it, about how not getting less, getting less than, I think it was five or six hours a night actually builds up plaque in your body, not just your heart, your entire body. Mm. You are hurting yourself. And so like thinking that you're just like burning, what is it? Burning the midnight candle oil, <laughs> burning the candle, both ends. whatever, yeah, yeah. something. I don't both. know. Yeah. Midnight oil too. You're just burning. You're just burning the home down. I don't know. This <laughs> is my boyfriend with the pizza, but like you're just burning things. But I just, I think we need to step back and, and recognize that that is not something to be proud of, that we're not sleeping enough. Yes. That is something to fix. And then you're going to be so much more energetic. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. I'll go get my dog license. Like I got I feel good with the, the way you feel after a good night's sleep. I know. Mm. I know. Like I when know. I'm tired, I'm, a, I'm not a fun person I to know. be around. I know. I had, <laughs> I had such bad sleep last night and I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, oh, I wish I had like a good, but I sleep a lot, but I completely agree. I went through a period in time and I don't know, maybe if you did as well, where I was sleeping very little mm-hmm. and I did think it was like cool. Yeah. Like, oh, Tiger Woods sleeps four hours. I'm like, what? Yeah. Just like didn't understand the effect that it ha- would have on my brain and my body long-term, but hopefully yeah. now people are kind of educating themselves to that fact. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And if you, even if you're, you know, having that um, chronic burnout, sleeping a lot mm-hmm. can make it feel more manageable Yeah, and feel better. Yeah. And I hope some of these tangible tips helped you guys feel better and mm-hmm. will help help you cope with burnout, even if it is uh, a, a chronic affliction, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, I'm curious to hear your guys' experience with burnout because I know when my friends were sending me this, like they all had stories. They did. Mm-hmm. Um, so feel free to DM those to us. You can DM them to Krista at 100 Blog, 100 blog and me obviously at, at Hannah Cranston. Mm-hmm. So before we close out. Um, I'm really taking this year to tap into my curiosity Mm -hmm. and to learn more things about uh, the people that I have on the show, because Mm -hmm. I love this conversation and I feel like it's so important to be vulnerable and to share your stories and to share your experience and how we can improve our lives. But it's also important to share, like, I think some of the things that drive us. Mm -hmm. So I have five questions. Um, about that, that I would love for you to answer. Perfect. So what is the one thing you couldn't live without? For me, so probably my spirituality practice, Mm. probably just like having that connection to source or God or myself Mm. in a meditation, you know, every morning or every afternoon or every night has completely changed and rewired my brain. And I couldn't, I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't 
I don't know, just actually to know yourself as a spirit and as something that is like infinite is such a beautiful thing. And it just makes life so much more fun and meaningful. So my spirituality practice is probably like my number one. Okay, like we need a whole other episode to get into that, but I know. Uh, uh, um, what is one thing that drives you? What drives me? Um, probably the community of like almost 30 people. Mm. So it just like blows me away that, you know, whenever I'm really vulnerable or Lindsay's really vulnerable, the response that we get, not necessarily because it's a response that I'm receiving, but because it's like, something that has struck them or something that has like caused them to take action in their life. So um, seeing the way that our community has grown just by us working really hard and us being ourselves and us being really vulnerable, like just drives me to the fullest. It's been Mm -hmm. such a beautiful, like blossoming experience. Oh, I love that. Um, Yeah, you guys have an amazing community. Mm -hmm. I mean, you built that because of you and your personality. Mm. But... um, it's cool that that attracts other like-minded I people. Yeah. I like didn't think it was possible. I'm like, I don't know. And for all of them to be so cool, like they're literally cool. Yeah. Every time I meet them all, I'm like, oh, you're you're so cool and you're cooler than, you know, I'm just like, it's just, it just blows me away. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, what keeps you positive? Probably like actually intentionally being positive. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like actually knowing that I have the power to control my positivity or to turn it on um, really is helpful to keep me positive. But then also to, you know, the people in my life, like I'm very like um, entrenched and ingrained with Lindsay and Justin Mm -hmm. and my best friends. And, you know, they're always there whenever I need them to be, you know, if I'm very vulnerable, they'll always be there to like support me and, you know, help me be positive. Mm, Yeah. That social support system. I think people don't realize like it's everything. (sighs) I think people want to be very, I wanted to be very independent and I very am for yeah. the most part, but now I'm kind of turning a corner and realizing how impactful my relationships are to mm. me and on my mood and on my, you know, just everything. Yeah. Yeah. What or who inspires you? Who inspires me? Um, we have so many people on the podcast. It's like every time we have a new episode, I'm just so inspired by what they're doing. I mean, Peta Kelly, she was mm-hmm. one. She's an author. She's really honest and she's just so dope. She was awesome. Um, and we had another person on recently um, that had a really beautiful story. She was a Bosnian war refugee and oh, it hasn't wow. come out yet, but it will yeah. be out soon. And her like strength and just internal like compass and heart was just so inspiring. So, mm-hmm. you know, every day, I allow inspiration to come, you know, because we all have the ability to like allow inspiration to strike us or not. So I think that people can find inspiration um, if they really, really try. But I'm lucky that, you know, with podcasting, as you know, comes to you like every day. And you get to share that inspiration with all your listeners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your intention? It can be for today, tomorrow, or your lifetime. Mm. My intention, I guess, for my lifetime, you know, I've been thinking about a lot, like as I turn 30 with almost 30, And it's really to just become more of myself every single day and every single year and to really figure out and navigate whatever that is. You know, I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm changing all the time and I feel like I'm growing. So to really understand myself in the best way really helps me show up in my relationships and in my job and, um, you know, even for myself. So really just to become more of who I am, you know, every day 
rather than focusing on others. Cause you can get really lost in whatever yeah. everyone wants you to be and whoever anyone wants you to be. And I've definitely got caught up in that and I still continue to do so. But whenever I stick on the path of listening to myself, however I can manage to do that, I think, you know, great things come and I'm much more at peace. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good point. And I hope everybody just like absorbs that because mm-hmm. I think it's so hard to not get caught up into what people expect of you and what they want of you and what they think you should quote unquote be. Um, and to use your own compass mm-hmm. in life um, is hard work, but it's, it's so really, hard. really gratifying work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cause every day you meet someone that essentially would think something of you and thinks you should be doing something other than what you're doing or thinks you should look mm-hmm. a certain way or talk a certain way. So if you listen to every single person, you wouldn't be even like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just you think would about end up a, com- yeah. a completely different person. I yeah. just think about people I grew up with and like, they wish I still lived in Ohio and still worked at like Chase Bank, you know? So it's like, if you- Great if, life, not for you. Great life, not for me. <laughs> yeah. But if I was just whoever everyone wanted me to be, I wouldn't be, I'd be so unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are happy that you are the person Mm. that you are today. Mm. Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can listen to you. If they're not already, which would silly. You should be listening. Get on it. Um, Almost 30 podcast, A-L-M-O-S-T, 30 podcast. And it's on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can listen to podcasts. And then um, I'm 100 blog on Instagram. That's H-U-N-D-R-E-D blog on Instagram. And then almost 30 podcast on Instagram too. Love it. Guys, please, please, please go check her out. Go check Krista out. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single, single episode. Also, be sure to rate and review this podcast. Yes. You guys don't know how much those mean to me and to the life of this podcast. So uh, I really, really appreciate you doing that. And just like makes me smile and it makes my mom smile. So if you're not doing it for me, do it for my mom. Leave yeah. a nice review. She'll read them. It takes and she's, two she's seconds happy. and it is so important <laughs> to your podcast. So yeah. Just do it. Exactly. And just a reminder, we'll be coming at you every single Wednesday. So buckle up because it's going to be too much to handle. See you next week. Ah!